Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today's show is brought to you by Casper.com. Receive $50 towards any mattress purchase at www.caspertrial.com slash freshbatch. And by WarbyParker.com. Get a free five-day home try-on at www.warbyparkertrial.com slash freshbatch. Five pairs, five days, 100% free. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe to Fresh Batch on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and write us a nice review. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. It's Michelle Collins. Good morning or good afternoon or evening. Uh... It's early here, and that's why my voice sounds this way. But anyways, this is Fresh Batch. I think it's our fifth episode. So we're really doing it. I'm proud of myself and my lovely team here, all the producers. Emma's here today. And joining me today is my guest to discuss... I mean, we have a lot on our plate um, as far as the week in TV is concerned. Last night, The Bachelorette was finally back. I've streamed everything. I've watched everything. So joining me today is one of my really oldest friends in comedy and beyond... And in the beyond, uh, it's the very funny. I'm just going to stretch this out until the hour is done. And then I'm like, thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Uh, no, it's John Friedman, everyone. Hi, John. Hello. And first of all, tell people what you do and where you're working before we go on. Well, I am a television producer and television writer. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that for a long time. I've worked on many different shows. Yes. Throughout brag, the years. Brag, tell people. Tell people what mm-hmm. shows I've yeah. worked on. Uh, I worked, uh, well, I worked, I started as an intern at NBC and Comedy Central. Like an NBC page? I was not a page, I was an intern. Mm, that's and, less than a page, isn't it? Yes, because you, you don't get paid as an intern. But it was like full-time work. It was but like, NBC page is like, I mean, most people know it from 30 Rock, I would say, but I've met people who were, and also CBS has the same program. It is chic. They give you a yeah. blazer and a check. Yes, it's it, like, I'm like, what? Are they hiring? Like, I need work. I have <laughs> a lot of friends 
especially in comedy, who wear NBC pages and they met each other through the program and yeah. collaborate through there. Ugh, why didn't we do it? It's like when I meet people who didn't do birthright. I'm like, why didn't you do birthright? It was free if you're Jewish. But yeah. I did not do birthright. See, but that's what I mean. What a mistake. I think we talk about birthright every week. I <laughs> swear to God, it comes up. Also, later, I we really have to talk Handmaid's Tale. Sure. <gasps> Terrific show. Oh, oh my God. It. It's my pornography. It is. Have you seen it? Oh, it is. I watched all 10 this week. I mean, it's a little creepy to say it's your pornography. If you really? think about specific scenes and stuff. I'm thinking but... about them. <laughs> yeah, like all of them at once. Excuse me. When she like had to sleep with, well, second like later. But honestly, I was watching it. I was like, it just shows me and my best friend Steven at our shitty dinner last night. We were talking about it and he was like, it's my dream life to have like cold sterile sex with Joseph Fiennes. <laughs> I was like, I know. We were like screaming. That is pretty funny. Oh yeah. my God. I mean, listen, but you know, the problem is I'd have to be an aunt. Because I look horrible in red. It's like sad, actually. And I don't know if I'm fertile enough to like qualify. I don't think that that's like a choice. Like, oh, I look horrible in red. I'm not going to be a handmaid's tale. So just make me an aunt. I'm like, oh, I'd be a great, you know, olive is my color. I really do look good in olive. All right. Let's talk about the episode. Um, it was actually quite a dramatic episode. Not the most of all time, which yeah. they always promise us, but it was pretty good. Um, it felt a little like a very special, you know, on a very special bachelorette. Well, you know, what's interesting is like, Look, Rachel's the first black bachelor or bachelorette. Like, they've never had an African-American right. main person, you know, ever. And it would be ridiculous to think that race wouldn't come up. Yeah. I feel like it would just be... It has to. And actually, ABC would be making a mistake if it didn't. I agree. I knew from episode one, I have an amazing racist dar. Race dar? What do you call it? Like, what makes sense? Hate Ray, dar. Radar. Hate. Ra- you take race and dar. The radar. No. No. John, that's the word. Oh. I would say like a hate dar. Like there's something I just know when people are hateful. I can feel it in their auras, their essences, and specifically their eyes. And I have to tell you that from episode one, maybe because of his small eyes and facial hair, and I've said it here before, I pegged Lee as the Lee felt like someone from Django Unchained. Like there was something about him that felt wrong. Right. That's what we call pre Prejudging, pre-cogging, Prejudice. See, that's what I'm saying. I really am pre. I'm a pre-cog. No, I feel like race. <laughs> didn't you like tweet about that early on? Or I something? did. Yeah. Well, I felt it because I knew I was like someone in this house. There's always like a secret gay one, a secret racist, right. an alcoholic. Like you can always figure out. It's like guess who? You know, you like flip the things down. I'm like, oh, he. You know, like someone has like um, a crime history. Someone's gonna like, you know end paradise like you know there's always something and with lee i knew it so it did not surprise me when and i love kenny right kenny you know i'm just getting to know kenny so oh, kenny seemed pretty great to first me. of all he's so cute he's hot as shit the body the face do you watch the show emma oh emma watches it. we have another girl <laughs> emma's our producer i wish that you were mike but i mean you have to i'm gonna just save she nuts kenny you love Two thumbs up. I mean, he is really everything. Is and he the front runner? Would you say? I don't know. Okay, I don't think he's. Um, he's top four. I would. I would say for sure. In her eyes, who would you say is your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Is Kenny your favorite? Well, I want to get to my favorites because okay, I love Peter. Um, Peter is there is something about him, and I I want to get to like actually what happened in the episode, yeah. but. I would say, I actually want to have a segment on this podcast called I'm Right on Top of That Rose, um, which is both a, a reference to my favorite movie, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, but also a nice Bachelor tie-in. I'm right on top of that rose. Got See it. what I mean? Yes. And for me, the t- I would say that Peter is right on top of that rose. Like, Peter is, he is so masculine, like a quiet, dignified masculinity that really speaks to me. As a very single, pent-up woman in New York in the summertime. And I'm not going to lie, Handmaid's Tale did not make my situation any better. It was like, if anything, it only... I actually reactivated my Tinder account. (laughs) That's not a joke. I was like, shit. I was like, I need to figure my shit out, like, today. I mean, watching those two shows, like together that's a very interesting I, i'm dynamic. fucked up i'm not kidding yeah. you if anyone i know that like no straight men listen to this but like if there's a <laughs> random one out there who like has no criminal history please tweet at me because i need something and soon um anyway so back to my life no um 
what were we talking about? Peter's great. I loved, well, I want to talk about Dean's date. Let's talk about the fight with Lee and Kenny at the top, because that is how we were sort of introduced. You know, we were away from the show for two weeks. Yeah, why was that? Because uh, I was trying to watch some back episodes, and I was all confused. I think because of the, what's today's date? Why was, oh, NBA Finals. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. So, um, I mean, John, you're actually a straight man. You should know that. Well, you're right. I yes. watched. I they watched. Had bad memories. Now I remember. Okay. I watched the NBA finals. Right. No, you were really into it. John's a big Mets fan too. If you yes, happen I to be. <laughs> Hi. All right. So moving along, um, there was some tension there, and Lee, who was for sure hammered. I mean, yeah. he was just drunk. You know what's funny? In Paradise, you see them ordering drinks. You really never see on Bachelorette how they acquire their they alcohol. They just have them in their hands. They always have it. Paradise, the bartender is part of the He's in the credits. fucking crown. It's yeah. Jorge. Yeah. What do you think Jorge's up to now? I think about him. Jorge. And he got hot for the season. I don't know. This is like yeah. a... I know. I'm telling you, people listening are like, this bitch needs to get laid. <laughs> but I have to tell you that he did get hot. I know that I just know because I've like worked with him that like he's like kind of like Mr. Hollywood now. Like he's like very into like being on the show. I think he gives tours of like the area that they live in, like for fans who come to stay there, which by the way is so fun. Although bring a black light because you know, that shit has, I don't think they, it's not like at the gym. They don't like wipe the beds down, you know, when they're done, but yeah, he's something of like a bit of a, a scene stealer these days. And, um, you never see on bachelorette how they get their alcohol. What I know about when I do watch the bachelorette and the bachelor, Mm -hmm. it's, seems to me they're always gearing up towards having a cocktail party and then it's like some drama happens and then it's like and then they cancel we're the sorry cocktail. we're gonna cancel the cocktail party yes we're, that is absolutely right they'd like to go right to we're just gonna go right to but the like ceremony. what are what was yesterday that was a cocktail party they were hammered yeah lee let me tell you something lee was drunk as shit and it was he a, was he was out of his fucking mind there was a canceled cocktail party earlier in the episode. They always cancel it. Yeah. But then there is also always one. It's like, well, then what do you call that? Them just like hanging out? Like, I mean, it's a cocktail party. It's just because Rachel's not like in the room with them. It's basically like, yeah. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> anyway, so Lee and Kenny got into a fight. Lee was interrupting Kenny. It was like a whole thing. And then Dean, who, by the way, I mean, I fucking love Dean. <gasps> Emma, Dean is everything. I love him. He's very young. I like Dean, too. And I knew that uh, he was melting America's heart uh, on last night's episode. I'm telling you, between Dean and this Handmaid's Tale, I I can't be... I'm, like, ripping paper up as I sit here. No, I'm... I mean, uh, Dean is... I will admit that he does look like someone who ran their face through FaceApp and then chose Smile, too. (laughs) His teeth are... His teeth are wild. Like, his teeth really steal the show from his face a little bit, but like, he's still so dreamy. I mean, he also has beautiful legs. I think if he shaved his legs, he would have, like, Giselle Bündchen legs. I was noticing they were so tan and basically hairless. It's funny when you see a man with hairless legs that are, like, tanned and toned. It's like, wait. Anyways, um, so Dean was even saying that Lee is possibly the most racist one in the house, which, duh. It's like he looks like from like the antebellum times. I mean, there's just something very 1800s about him that makes me uncomfortable. There was a lot of also tattling. That's um, every season. Yeah. I know. Is it more prominent on The Bachelorette than The Bachelor? There was just a lot of... I don't want to throw my fellow women under the bus. Right. I actually... You know, you're funny, actually, because I would have said that it was more the women tattling to the bachelor well, but now that you mention it you're right there's well, just as much when i've watched yeah there's usually like one villainous type that mm. everyone sort of uh has con- the focus is on the villain yes. and everyone's tattling on that one person and iggy by the way iggy who i mean the only fact that iggy was not eliminated and diggy was diggy who also looked like he was wearing a costume from ricky's like what was that you know diggy was hot as shit but he had the glasses he was like in a harry potter cosplay situation it was a lot um, I think that really did him in, but Iggy now is like her bestie. Like there's no sexual chemistry between Rachel and Iggy. I don't see it. And, but he's like, I really care for you. I'm like looking out for you. He's like KGB. I don't, I don't know which one Iggy is. Iggy I'm is the little, Iggy's the guy, the least hot one I would say left now that they <laughs> oh, eliminated that Bryce. <laughs> Poor Bryce. He was sweet. Um, the little guy, he looks like, how would you describe? He's like very buff. The one who they said was steroided up. Okay, right. That right, he injected right. steroids mm-hmm. into his balls. Another. Is that how you guys do it, John? Uh, no, I don't think. I mean, it's not through the balls, but I think something happens to your balls when you take. They steroids. get really small. They turn That's into like two I little heard. kicks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't. They don't inject them into the balls. 
Uh, hmm. Not that I know of. Hmm. What really made me laugh, and by laugh I mean like I didn't sleep last night, is also when Lee interrupted the date to hand her a carved block of wood that looked like something that was made in like uh, 60 Days In, you know, the A&E prison show. It was like a carved murderous block of wood, like yeah. a small, like clearly some producer found like in a construction site, like in the back of the mansion, you know, that said enchanting. With his like father's knife or something? He, his grandfather's knife. It was a very like Christopher Walken-esque kind of story that his grandfather had this knife from the war. You know, I won't go there, but, um, and then he died of cancer. It's like, I will say that there was a sob story on the story, on the story shit. There was a sob story on the show yesterday that did make me actually cry, which was Dean talking about his mother passing away. Yeah, that was a very nice story. (sighs) I have to tell you that it, I'm immune to sadness. (laughs) I have walled myself in so much that it's very hard for me to like get to a place of crying or like, you know, and that's not fully true, but I just, it's rare that one of the sob stories on The Bachelor or Bachelorette really hit home. Right. And like, I remember last season, it was, I think, Christina's story about coming from Russia and being poor was like a very heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching story. But listening to poor Dean talk about his mom passing from cancer and, and uh, going into hospice, I mean, it was very raw for me. I have to say, I felt like it was a very real thing. Did that you cry? I did. Did you? Not like, like sob, but I... I you had tears? Yeah, yeah. Lump, I, lump in the throat. Lump in tears for sure. Yeah. I don't often like sob from like guttural sobs yeah. from TV. <laughs> Did that ever happen before with The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? For me? Yeah. Gutturally sobbing? No, just any kind of emotion. Yeah, like you had. but like not like big time. But um, but you know, Lee coming in with a cancer story was like, we got it. Like you're trying to like cram. Don't try to cram in a cancer story. Like not when there's like real pain happening here. I mean, everyone's grandparents eventually die of cancer. Mine did. <laughs> they managed to avoid the Holocaust, but they couldn't avoid cancer. That's really true. They didn't avoid it. They survived it. Let's actually rephrase that. They lived through it. They were in it, but they did not die in it. And then cancer got them. So mm-hmm. cancer eventually just strikes. Do you, this is a funny moment. You're writing down. Write that this down. Funny. funny moment. Moment. Okay. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about when they're casting this show, how they have to make sure there's like one person for every slot. And it's really, it's almost like, a, you know, lawyers putting a jury together. They have to make sure that someone really is racist. How do you even find that out? I mean, it's just a curious thing. Edit that out. All right. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's an interesting thing. I wonder if they go through people's tweets and social media history now. To specifically try to cast people to stir up some controversy to see what they're going to be like. If you think that you're like digging out like someone's like N word from five years ago, they know. Right. They have to know. But someone, yeah. If you're going to go on a show like this, Mm -hmm. do you go and clean out your social media history? Do you think these racists are smart enough or even self aware enough to know to go back and delete stuff? There's just no way. If they leave it there, I guess not. But, or maybe they're instructed to. And also, the internet never forgets. That's very true. This is true. I mean, let's not even go there. But I will say something that um, someone tweeted, and I'm sorry that I don't remember who tweeted this at me, but someone tweeted something really funny that Lee reminded them of a young Sean Spicer. Right. And I have to say that actually is fucking hilarious. Like if Sean Spicer, who now apparently has gained weight and really whom among us has not, but if Sean Spicer was like a young Nashville hipster asshole, which you know what I mean? He really looks like Lee. Yeah. I like that you're uh, associating Sean Spicer's weight gain with, you're referring to Bannon's saying, because he got fatter, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? And Bannon, like, is the last person to call. I mean, Bannon is literally a fucking, like, a a monster that crawled out of the evil goop from, like, Ghostbusters 2. But now it is, it's all the way into a Bachelor podcast that he's gained weight just because of that one response. Do you see how this works? Do you see how these lies get spread? But it's not a lie. He has gained weight. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's truth, and that's why I'm repeating it here. That's actual news. Um, I'm not fat shaming him. I'm just saying. I'm fat shaming myself because truly I was like, oh, I don't know if you guys remember, but a couple weeks ago I was like, oh, I'm on a salami diet. I remember I came in. I was like, oh, my friends lost so much weight. They were eating nothing but salami. I'm going to do it. And I was on a salami diet and I had to stop because A, I wanted to throw up every day. But then B, like truly, I also have a toothache. Like I have a really, my tooth is killing me. And, you know, maybe six months ago or so I was eating a Tic Tac in a dressing room and I was like, God, this Tic Tac is so hard. 
why is this Tic Tac so hard? And then I realized that a part of my tooth had chipped off and I was eating my own tooth. Did they leave that in on the, they may have left that in on the, my stand up thing. Did they check up? I don't think they did, but if they did, um, you just have to hear it again. And it really, and I had to get a crown put in and it was a temporary crown. So they were like, you have to come back and get your crown replaced. And I was like, you got it. But meanwhile, I like love my crown. It's super comfortable. I like, I'm like, why, why replace it? Like I can chew. And then of course now, not the crown, but the tooth above the crown now is like, holding on for dear life. And I have very healthy teeth. Look how nice and clean you and white. You do have very nice teeth. I have nice teeth. I'm not like a gross person. I brush every day, but it's like, what is going on is what I'm asking Well, you. why were you eating salami? How many days were you eating salami for? <sighs> I'm trying to think. I probably eat salami for a straight week. I was at Morton the Williams. Only, only meal you ate. No, and eggs and cheese. And then, by the way, you know, I took like a DNA test, which um, big shock told me that I actually gain weight on a high saturated fat diet to match it. So... <laughs> Like, what? they had to tell me that via my DNA that if I eat nothing but cheese, I'm going to get fat. I'm like, that's weird. So, yeah. What is the science behind going to just a salami diet? Well, it's called ketosis, John, and it's mm-hmm. where your body, like, because here was the thing. I was eating a lot of bagels. Yes. I really got on a bagel kick, because let me tell you, and if you're listening, this is my favorite meal in the world, and I haven't had it in weeks. It's such a chewy meal. I mean, John, you'll really love this. I love a scooped and well-toasted sesame bagel. Scooping is key. And certain people don't know what scooping is. And I want to explain. If you're listening and you don't know what it is, scooping is where you take your disgusting fingers and you carve out a moat in the bagel. So you actually remove... Did you know what that is, Emma? Yeah, of course. Most New Yorkers know. But I've actually mentioned this to people and they look at me like... I think it's a very New York New York and Miami thing. New York Jews and Miami we should invent I'm giving this out here and I, over your a uh, uh, bagel scooper people I are think picking it's like a it grapefruit up. spoon mm. mm-hmm. we should just rebrand it as what exactly. it's about but um anyways I scoop it then I toast it I put in are you ready it's literally I'm like crying because I haven't had it in like three weeks and I don't know what to eat farmer's cheese do you guys know what that is I do not know what farmer's cheese okay is. this is why I'm here tell us farmer's cheese I don't know I think my mother got me started in it but it's um it's like cream cheese, except it's much lower in fat. It's a finely curded, very creamy cheese. So imagine, I hate cottage cheese as an example. I find it extremely watery and gross. But imagine if you turn that, you like crushed it down into like a creamy, creamy, non-watery at all cream cheese. And that's what farmer's cheese is. It just tastes so fresh. It's very hard to find, I have to tell you. And don't be fooled, America. If you go to your local market to look for it, there's a brand that's like Amish farmer's cheese. It's like eight fucking dollars. I buy it every time because I'm a, I'm a friendship farmer's cheese girl. I need friendship. It's your classic farmer's cheese. It's so, and don't, you have to have it with the salt. I hate to tell you, but they have a no salt version. Get the salt version. You will thank me. So I put that in my little bagel mm-hmm. and then I cover it with tomatoes and cucumbers. Is this why people listen to podcasts? Is this interesting to anyone? And then a little salt and pepper. You will. It is. I mean, it is the most delicious, refreshing breakfast. And I was like, why is nothing fitting? And my friend was like, you need to put the bagels down. That's like poison. Like your body can't digest them. I was like, what do you mean? I'm from the old country. Like <laughs> my my peoples were put here to digest bagels. They were like, no, no. That is the one sort of stereotypical Jewy thing about me that I do. I love bagels. I love bagels and locks. Oh, I hate locks. Oh, that's you interesting. You know why there are no Jews in jail? Why is Be- that? Because they eat locks. Oh, that is It's a wonderful. very old joke. That's great. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go. Bye. No, I'm not going to go. <laughs> I know. It's like a racist joke, and I apologize. Okay, why don't you do the once a week bagel thing? Sundays. Because I have other bagel. cheat things. This is the thing for me. It's that... I, my um, best friend, Steven, is like extremely fit. He's very lean, works out every day. And he has one cheat meal a week. He eats nothing but egg whites. Like he's, by the way, people who buy already boiled, hard boiled eggs to me should be all put in a jail. <laughs> I find that they sell them in Costco in a huge bucket with some liquid in it. It is the most fucking disgusting. I, I want to throw up every time I see it. And people are buying it. Um, you're saying that Steven buys those. Yeah. Yeah. It's my best friend. <laughs> So, um, yes, he buys them and it's awful and I don't understand why he does it, but moving along. Um, so yeah, yesterday's episode, really, what were the highlights? I mean, that's pretty much, I would say it. It's just, I feel like it's like even boring to talk about in a way we had, there's going to be a big fight next week where Kenny bleeds. You're yes. the spelling bee. Oh, Dean's sweet date in the blimp was cute. He, they're cute. Yes. How many people do you think learned that when you ride in a blimp, you're like actually in a little compartment underneath the huge part? Instead of floating around inside? Right. (laughs) That's hilarious. 
<laughs> um, honestly, it was a shock to me. I didn't realize there were, I always thought it was just one little guy in a little compartment. Cause when you look up, by the way, did you see that the Goodyear blimp tweeted at me? No, I did not. Oh see my that. God. I don't like to brag of my, my celebrity <laughs> connections, but if I may, I have to like find it. But yeah, I tweeted that the handle that they were driving felt like a dummy controller. Like, oh yeah, I'm sure they're going to let Dean, who's afraid of heights, like control the fucking Goodyear blimp. Like that's not going to lead to problems. And, um, wait, let me find it. It's going to take a minute. I'm sorry. Would you be turned on or turned off if you were going on sort of like a blimp date like that? And the guy was scared and nauseous and needing your help and getting through it. I would be turned on depending on who the guy was. Well, that's a good answer. Okay, so I found the tweet. It's uh, at Goodyear Blimp. Give him a little, <laughs> a little yeah. plug. Um, cause I said that, um, I tweeted, it's definitely a dummy control. Like they're not doing shit to that blimp was my direct quote, by the way. Brilliant, brilliant quote. Um, by the way, did you see that I was quoted in the Hollywood Reporter? I don't like to brag. They used a beautiful photo of me that I'm convinced they photoshopped. I mean, I re- I've never looked so good. I'm like, thank you guys. It's like really nice. But, um, it was about the Bachelor in Paradise scandal, and I wrote like "WTF is happening." Like they decided to print that in a in an actual. Was that something public- you said? On I like this? tweeted it, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I said it's a dummy control, and the Goodyear blimp tweeted at me. Everyone, it was a hundred percent legit. That's how I imagined the blimp to talk like a really fun gal. It was a hundred percent legit. It's a blimp. Nothing happens all that fast up there, except Rachel and Dean, apparently. Hilarious. Actually, yeah, wait. Whoever's response. running the blimp account yeah. needs a promotion. Can we talk about that a little bit? Who, who like, who runs I, it? It's like they actually have a social media person for the Goodyear blimp. This yes. person was like probably interviewed and they went through rounds and, and then they finally got the job and they're like, I'm they called their parents. Yeah. They were like, oh my God, I, I got it. They're like, what are you doing, honey? She goes, I'm tweeting for the Goodyear blimp. <laughs> and like last night was their big night. It really was. Responding to you. Maybe they only hired that person for one day because they were like, this is our moment. Like the blimp can't afford it. How does the blimp make money? Goodyear, obviously. It must well, be yeah. expensive to keep a blimp up. Goodyear pays. That's basically an ad flying around in the sky. So they I mean, and pay. it's famous. It's very famous. They have their own Twitter account. Yeah. A verified one. How many followers do they have? Let's find out. And John, we- you have a lot of Twitter followers. I have a decent amount. I th- you have I more mean- than me. You're at Rejection Show, right? No. Okay, just bye. <laughs> no, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Friedman John. It's my last name and my first name. That's hysterical. Name. Yeah. Friedman John. Okay, and yeah. how many do you have now? Oh, it's like 70,000. It's a lot. Yeah. It's John's bad. very funny on Twitter. You should all follow him. Okay, the Goodyear Blimp has 14.6 thousand followers. 14.6 thousand. People who need to know what's happening with a the blimp. They're like, what's going that on? That is really a lot of people to follow <laughs> along. What is happening? It's like, uh, we moved 10 feet. <laughs> For you, the listeners of Fresh Batch, this is amazing. Casper is offering $50 towards any mattress purchase at Casper.com. I actually sleep on a Casper. Um, this is not a joke. My bones are cushioned like a NASA space engineer, genuinely. The Casper mattress, it's obsessively engineered, and it's at a shockingly fair price. Y'all, it has just the right sink and just the right bounce if you know what I mean. Once a year, I get to using it, people. Um, it's also made up of two technologies, latex foam and memory foam that come together for a life well slept. And the Casper mattress is now the most awarded mattress of the decade, which is pretty incredible when you think of how many mattresses have been used. What a funny award. Anyways, what are you waiting for? Go get one. And now you can get $50 off towards any mattress purchase. Just go to www.caspertrial.com slash freshbatch. Once again, www.caspertrial.com caspertrial.com slash fresh batch and you're going to get $50 towards any mattress purchase. We're also sponsored by Warby Parker and what's amazing is I also wear Warby Parkers and not for your benefit, for mine. Warby Parker is offering Fresh Batch listeners a free five-day home try-on to give you the opportunity to check out their glasses. Um, Warby Parker makes buying glasses so easy and risk-free. Here's how it works. You go to their home try-on program. You get five pairs of glasses shipped directly to you. You can try them on in the comfort of your own home with pants, without pants, however you feel most comfortable. 
Uh, and then you get to keep the frames for five days before sending them back. And then you, and it comes with a label because, you know, I hate printing a label. That's like my kryptonite. Printing a label is a nightmare. They actually send you the label, people. So don't let that deter you. Uh, and you know what? You don't even have an obligation to purchase. But you probably will because their glasses are actually really nice and very cheap. So to get your home try-on today, go to www.warbyparkertrial.com slash freshbatch. Once again, www.warbyparkertrial.com slash Fresh batch for your very free five day home try on. Let's talk Handmaid's Tale because I'm not done. What? First of all, I have to tell you that, um, what's her name? I always want to call her Elizabeth Olsen because she was Peggy Olsen on Mad Men and then Elizabeth Shoe. No, Hasselback. What's, what's her name? Elizabeth, um, Moss. I'm so my mother right now. I can't even handle it. My brother went to, um, the University of South Florida in Florida and for years my mother would go, oh, remember? He, he went to FSU, uh, Florida. I'm like, it's a completely different university. <laughs> you should know like where your son goes to school. And also it's like a bit of an upgrade because FSU is like a better school. But, um, I don't know, John, what do you think of Handmaid's Tale? I love Handmaid's Tale. <gasps> so impressed with every single episode. There wasn't a bad moment on it. I mean, in the sense of how it was made, acted, how it looked, the writing, it was just... I completely agree. And Elizabeth Moss. Oh, oh my God. I can't so believe good. how impressive she was. I mean, that was... I love that show so much. I say that to people and they look at me like I'm creepy in a way because I guess they've only seen like the first two episodes. They like they... think you love the oppression of women. Right, right. right. That's how... Do you? I do not at all. Good hearted question. I like to get into part it of here. what I yeah, love on uh, Fresh Batch. Part of what I love <laughs> about the show and mm-hmm. something like Game of Thrones, you know, people get upset with those sort of oppressive scenes, those rapey scenes. That, mm-hmm. it's, that's not what I love about the show. Those people are now going to get revenge we're gonna watch those people build up their courage to get out of this situation and that's going to be season two basically of the show and the show's coming back for a season two i did not read the book but i did go ahead this is what i always do i do this for books i'm too lazy to read and horror movies that i know i'm too afraid to see i read their wikipedia plot summaries because i know that um for example with horror movies like i'm always like What's the big deal? Like, what's, you know, why are people upset? And then sometimes I'll then go, if it doesn't seem that scary, and then watch, like, a YouTube compilation. Like, that's what I did for Duke. I was like, ugh, everyone's talking about Duke. And then I watched, like, a 40-minute thing, and I was like, it's really not that scary. When I was little, I used to see horror movies all the time. Right. And now you can't handle them? I don't know. Just- I, think I, I think I'm worried that CGI is going to fool me into, like, having a full Woody Woodpecker mental break. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like screaming down the street. Like, so you get you get disturbed by horror films. I really do. I'm not I good with them. Used to not, but you can handle. You know, like what happens. So I love psychological traumas. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I love. That's what I'm saying. I like movies. Like once I found out that Babadook was about like oh a grief monster. I'm like, oh, if they would have called it grief monster, I would have been like first in line, like uh, Hamilton style, like with my ticket. But um. But no, so I uh, I got to say, though, I thought it was great. And what's interesting is that I went two things. So not to spoil the entire season, but basically the season ends how the book ends. Right. Margaret Atwood, the author of the book, is is consulting on the show. So I imagine it's very like um, Game of Thrones, actually, where whatever is going to be coming next is fresh from the minds yes. of these writers and the author. I'm sure it's going to contribute something to that. But um, God, it was great. It's so great. And the actors are mostly Australian and English. And right. you do not know that until you really look at their, you know, IMDb bios or whatever. You're like, wow, these people are all fantastic. Right, right. Can Just, we um, recap what happens at the end there? Well, I don't want to give it away because yeah. I don't want people who I haven't seen gonna, it to. Yeah, I, I was going to give a big spoiler I alert, but um, okay. Here's what I will say. Um, oh God, I have so much to get through. I mean, I she is living that fucking life. I'm telling you, she has to get to live. You know, she has delicious, fresh, hand-picked food made for her every day. It's like like Oprah's diet, basically. Like, a, there's a chef who's, like, getting stuff in the garden. Like, by the way, I'm sure this is really going to help my reputation when I'm like, let me tell you what doesn't seem so bad. That handmaid's tale. <laughs> so you, <laughs> so wanna... you get electric cattle prodded now and again. <laughs> okay. No, obviously, it's a fucking nightmare. But, um, <laughs> look at it. <laughs> I went to Barnard. I like to always remind people that I went to a women's college. I'm, of course, a feminist. But I have to say that there were parts of that show. Oh, my God. When she... I do have to spoil one thing. Can we tell... I have a great story. 
And I hate to bury my good stories deep into the podcast, but here we go. That driver is Max Minghella. Now, John, you're a straight man, so yeah. you really can't understand where I'm coming from here. But I mean, he is hot as shit. Max Minghella? Uh-huh. Is he from Doogie Hauser? I don't know what that reference is, but no, he's the son of my favorite movie film director, Anthony Minghella. Oh, okay. I know who that is. Yes. Oh, my the God. English patient? Uh, Cold Mountain. Oh, and there's a, it wasn't Joseph Fiennes in the English base, patient? No, it was Ray Fiennes. Yes, his brother. His hot, hot brother. Right. From I'm, Schindler's List. Yes. Another oh, when he was terrific. fat, when he was like spicing it up, Sean Spicer style. He was still hot fat. I mean, I, I mean, listen, I'm, it's a Nazi movie, but. Yeah, that's another movie where I'm like, that movie is incredible. And people look at me like, you are a crazy person. Well, Schindler's List is obviously one of the best movies ever made. I've never, I've not seen it more than once, but let's not get into that because I feel like I talk about it somehow. Birthright and Schindler's List make appearances in every episode I've seen it of the over podcast. 10 times. Have you? Yes, I have. From wow. Because it's just such a well-made film. I can't sit through it. I can't sit through it. But I got to tell you that it was like kind of Ray Fiennes' debutante moment. Schindler, no one knew him. And then they were like, who's this hot, fat Nazi? I remember thinking that as a girl. <laughs> who's this hot, who's fat this Nazi? Hot? A good name for the podcast. Who's this hot, fat Nazi? Um, and he ended up, uh, God, he was, I've seen him in person. I stood next to him. I, I, let's not even go here. Get back to Joseph Fiennes. Yeah. And Max Minghella. Don't, John, don't take me off track. I'm sorry. With the Fiennes and the Anthony Minghella thing. But yes, Anthony Minghella also directed one of my favorite movies of all time. The most beautiful and well-acted movie ever made. The Talented Mr. Ripley. Great movie, yes. Oh my God. The Talented Mr. Ripley. <gasps> that I've probably, I have to heavily breathe into this I've microphone. I've only seen that one time. See, that's a movie I've seen a hundred times. Right. First of all, Matt Damon is anorexic in it. I mean, he is, he got so skinny in it. And then Jude, that was Jude Law's big breakthrough movie. And he is so fucking hot in that movie. It is like, and he's such a dick, but like a rich Italian American dick. It's like, I mean, that is like truly after Handmaid's Tale, I'd say that's my favorite pornography. And there's like all this like homosexual subtext between Matt Damon and Jude Law. Like we hit the jackpot as a nation. Like that doesn't happen every day. John. Like that's like a very special thing. The bathtub scene. It's like so steamy and they're like in the tub. It's like so good. I mean, I fucking love that movie. And even Gwyneth Paltrow, who is someone who I do have some issues with. She is fantastic in it. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, I could go on. Should we just have a talented Mr. I mean, Ripley podcast, a, actually? Uh, Joseph Fiennes, Gwyneth Paltrow connection as well. Shakespeare and love. Well, there was a time in the 90s we didn't know how lucky we were. And now I, we think back. I think I wake up every day saying that to myself. I mean that. Yeah. There was like a five-year span in the 90s where I feel like TV, movies, music were at their peak Life in general. Life was at its peak. It's really true. Like the Clinton era. Right. And now we are in the deep, deep slump. (laughs) (laughs) Although Although we might look back on this time and be like, this was golden age. I know. But and also it was like our youth. So we were feeling like good back then. But um, a funny story with Anthony Minghella, Max Minghella's dad, is that I one time um, did a home exchange in England. This was probably four or five years ago. Coffee burp. Edit that out. <laughs> I did a home exchange. Um, I found some girl on Craigslist, of all places, who needed to come to L.A. I lived in L.A. at the time. And um, she had a, an amazing place in London. And, you know, it seems sketchy. Like, wow, you let a complete stranger, like not even a vetted stranger, stay in your home. Weirdly, it turned out we had friends, a mutual good friend in L.A. Like, randomly found. It's like, what? how small is that world that we knew someone in common, a girl in London and a girl in L.A.? So she ended up coming to my apartment and I went to her, her townhouse, which was an old Harry Potter townhouse that was in Hampstead Heath, which is a huge park in London. It's, I would say, the lesser known park. If you're a tourist, people know Hyde Park and Regent's Park. The Heath is like in North London, which is a very chic and expensive part of town that most tourists don't go up to. But if you do go to London, I cannot recommend going up to Hampstead enough. It's so beautiful and English and it's you feel so I feel I always say I feel so not Jewish when I'm there I like I'm always like oh I'm so not Jewish you're like and it's kind of a Jewish part of town but there's like foxes running around to have like hunter wellies on and like a coat and a scarf and it's just my wasp dream just realized you know so Anyway, so I was staying in this house. My friend Jenny came to stay for like a week. It was the most, it was like dusty, but not in a gross way. In like an English way where everything, like the dust was like from like 
300 year old dust where I was like, Oh, the dust. I love it. And, um, we, Jenny went to Paris with friends. I'm going to make the story very short. It's like, <laughs> we'll cut back to, we're like skeletons. I'm like, and that, can you believe that happened? No. Um, so Jenny and I, she was going to go to Paris and we left the townhouse. We met up with friends with her at this really fancy restaurant in London, got hammered on rosé. I mean, in the middle of the day. Right. I'm hugging her goodbye and her friends are the best time. I now go drunk. It's like 2 p.m. I never, I don't like to drink during the day. It's actually like one of my things. I hate brunch drinking because it kills the day. It makes you tired. You feel gross by 6 p.m. I don't like it. I like to like drink, go home, fall asleep. Like I don't need anything to happen after I'm that. Totally with you. On right? Oh, yeah. I hate to. If the sun is up, I don't like to drink. That's just a rule. That's how I know I don't have a problem, by the way. Um, cause I'm like, if I had a problem, I'd be like, what is it? 8 a.m.? Like get me a shot or whatever. So anyways, we went to this place. She goes now to Paris with her friends. I go to this very fancy store in London called Fortnum and Mason which is like a Dean and DeLuca, but even fancier, very old English. They sell jams, teas. It's expensive. I was on this big thing with plum jam. Like I love plum jam. So I bought all this jam. Then I went to a bookstore. I'm like, oh, all these, and you know, English books. That's not like our bullshit books here in America. And we don't even have bookstores anymore to go and be like, to touch and feel the smooth paper, you know? And it's such a nice, it's such a tactile thing buying beautiful books. Yeah. And we can't even do that anymore. It's like one of life's great pleasures, like removed from my life. But there is um, a store in London on um, Piccadilly, and I'm forgetting. Oh, shit, I'm forgetting. I think it's called Hartman's or something. Anyways, that's a luggage brand, but some old English bookshop. And I was like, oh, these books, like these books. And I must have spent like $300 on books. I mean, I walked out of there like a Sherpa going up to Everest <laughs> with like, with like the people, like a stick over my shoulders with like 48 pounds of merch. Then I was like walking through London. You know, it's my favorite city. By the way, if anyone listening has a job for me in London, please. I don't, I know Brexit's happening. I'm over it. Our country is fucked too. Like, let's just equally be fucked. I don't mind. So anyways, I'm walking out by, by Buckingham Palace. I'm like crying. I'm so happy. I get on the train and it hits me that Jenny took our key to Paris. And it's not, there's only one key and it wasn't like a key that you could go to Home Depot and make this key. It yeah. literally looked like from, from Harry Potter. Like it was a skeleton key. I mean, it was just like a weird stick with like two jutting things out yeah. of it. Like it, it was not a normal key. So now I'm trying to reach her. I mean, she's taking the fucking train. She's like in the channel and I'm like calling her, calling her. I'm, I'm sober now. You know, obviously, you know, it's amazing when like panic hits your body immediately digests all the alcohol. Right. It's like I'm, I could drive. I could truly compete in the Daytona 500. <laughs> And you're like, why do I have all this jam and books? I had, I mean, you have no idea. I couldn't get into the house and I must have spent, truly, I must have had $300 worth of stuff. So I ended up going to the cell phone store in Hampstead, the EE store, where I had bought like my like Breaking Bad throwaway phone. And I was like, I started to cry. I mean, it was a scene. They were so nice. Oh my God. These people could not, they were the loveliest people. I was obviously being very funny with them because, you know, my instinct when I'm panicking is to joke. So I was like giving them a full Chris Rock HBO hour. I mean, don't even ask. And they let me use their phone, blah, blah, blah. So I called the locksmith and I said, um, I think his name was Dave. I don't know if I remember that. And he goes, like, yeah, hi, Dave. Eh? And I went, um, hi, Dave. He's Australian. You know, that's so rude. I'm sorry. That is so rude. I'm telling a story. He's <laughs> you, English. When you hear this back, you sounded very I don't Australian. listen to my own voice. So that's actually quite convenient. But I go, Dave, hi. You know, I live, um, I'm living on this street called the Vale of Health. You guys should like Google image it because it's so fucking to die for. It goes into the park. I go, do you know? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll know that street. Yeah, it's um, Anthony Mingella used to live on that street. Oh. Anthony, not Anthony. Anthony. Anthony Mingella. I used to um help. Now you made me self-conscious about my stupid accent. I hate you so much. It's but even better. I was like, uh, you're kidding me. And I then I really started to cry because it's like. In my mind, I felt like the entire key thing happened so that I could learn that I was neighbors. Because at that point, he had already passed away. He died from like a brain aneurysm, you know. But recently, I think he had died like maybe six months before I went. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it's interesting. I'm not a religious person, but it's interesting how the universe lets you in on certain things. And like, that was one of those things, like I said, you know what, if Jenny would not have taken that key... How the fuck would I have known that Anthony Miguel lived literally two doors down from where I was staying? It was all meant to be. Don't you think? I know you're looking at me. You can be a little bit more kind to me right now, John, because it, it really is a nice story. All, it is a nice story. It's a nice story. Because you're a fan. And you, oh. the locksmiths don't usually give out like 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 historical facts like that. Yeah, like why would he even tell me that? That's the thing. So I said yes. So anyways, Jenny calls me from Paris. The end of the story is 
a lovely guy named Akeem who worked for the Eurostar met me in St. Pancras Station that night and brought me the key back from Paris. Can you believe that? And he was so nice. He refused money. I mean, it was like, he was my angel. And I wrote, you know, I never know how to do nice things when people do favors like that. Like, what do you do? He won't take money. So I wrote a letter to Eurostar. I mean, I hope that someone read it and the guy got something because it's like, he saved my life. You didn't give him like a jar of jam or he went. I think he wanted actually. He actually wasn't bad looking, and I know that you listen. You listeners out there are thinking this bitch has lost it. But Akeem <laughs> was. He was short, but he actually was kind of hot. And um, he said, uh, <laughs> "This is like a brag when I tell you this, but like I promise you, it makes me laugh." So that's why I'm telling you. He goes, um, "Jenny told me how tall you'd be, but he didn't say how beautiful you'd be." And oh, I was wow. like, "Akeem," <laughs> I was like, "Beep." Um, but he really, he was like five, two. And so I was like, and I like took the key and I ran away anyway. So that's the story. I'll tell it again. I'll put it in my book. I feel like I I gave you the short version. That story actually is funny. The short version has like details about the dust. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Um, all right. So one other, uh, plug. So we love Handmaid's Tale. One other thing I want to say, uh, that I just also binged and it's the easiest show to binge because it's short the episodes are short, the seasons are short, and it is just, it actually made me cry this morning when I watched the um, finale, Catastrophe. Oh, great. I love it. <gasps> oh, you're, you're all caught I'm up? I'm all caught yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's like such a great show. It really it's is. It's perfect. It, I, I, the acting, well, first of all, ask me on a scale of one to a hundred how much I love Rob Delaney. How much? Oh, fucking love Rob Delaney. I love, I love I him love too. I love Rob Delaney. I genuinely He'll do never too. hear this. I know him a little bit. He's always been so nice. He's so handsome. He's tall. He's like a bear man. I don't think you can tell on TV how big he is. And I don't mean big because they always make like fat jokes about him. And I'm like, yeah, fat jokes. The guy's like fucking fit. Right. And also he's like six, six. Like he is yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. She must be tall. Actually, Sharon. Sharon, was Sharon Horgan. Hogan? Hor- is it Horgan yeah. or? I think it's Horgan. Shout out to her too. Oh. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. No better. First of all, pretty. So talented. The best actress. And she, I never knew actually that she was also the um, creator of Divorce on HBO. Did you know that? I didn't know. And I didn't love that show. I watched, but what's interesting is without even knowing she was involved, I watched every episode because I love Sarah Jessica. So I was like, I'll watch it for her because I find her to be a very natural actress. Like there's something very soothing about watching her just be herself. I'm talking about actually really with both of them, but oh, I thought that, um, going to divorce now that Thomas Hayden Church like kind of ruined that show. Like he was so miscast on it to me. But anyways, guys, I'm saying on divorce. Can we just say about catastrophe? Go there. That when there is like a show that's mostly humor based, when it goes to that other level of drama, which season three does, it just, yeah, it hits me the same way it's hitting you. She's putting her hand over her chest (laughs) and shaking her head. No, in the way of like showing real emotion. I cried this morning, uh, and I really did. But it like Rob really in those sad. scenes, Rob was awesome in those scenes. Very impressive. It makes me, Rob actually gives me hope that I can one day myself have a career in London. Yeah. Because he's actually living my dream. He like moved his family there. Yeah. Um, and he's like famous in England now, which yeah. frankly, I think it's easier to do than, not that fame is the end game. It's just really working, obviously. But uh, I think it's easier to work as a comedian in England than in America. Would you agree or disagree? I I, I would think either is on equal footing. I Maybe because you think the audiences are smarter in some way or uh, more well, willing to... I think to... that English... First of all, I think there are more opportunities as like a writer-creator to get things on TV because there are so many networks in England that just air comedy. Right. There's obviously all the BBCs. There's like, I think it's E4. I'm probably fucking this all up. E3, some shit. Anyways, um, I don't know. There are just so many more. I also, as a funny woman, will just say that I do find that English people in general are much more open to laughing at a woman. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. it's actually not a weird thing to be a funny woman there. Whereas in America, it's like... An, a novel thing and it's so fucking annoying here where it's like I swear there was a pigeon outside did you guys hear that noise before I heard someone cooing at me and I thought it was one of my fans I was like oh come on again would you mm-hmm. want to like star in a series 
in London. You know the way like Rob went from I think storytelling I and stand-up? I think I would even be a better actress if I lived in England. Yeah. Weirdly. Does that interest you to be on camera as an actor? Well, you know, John, thank you for asking. No problem. I, I'll be honest with you. Look, I was an award-winning um, speech and debater in high school. I've talked about it here quite often. Mm-hmm. I haven't let it go. Um, <laughs> I, But I have to tell you that um, I don't think that I'm a great actress. I'm not the worst that's ever been alive, but I've also never taken a class like, you know what I mean? I've not yeah. done anything for it. So the problem with me is that I have to play myself. Like I can't yeah, play. There's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like you would be cast as yourself. Let's mm. do this. Let's get on this. Yeah. That's I think you happen. could do the full America, range of emotion. Edit all of this out. Actually, I don't need people <laughs> listening to be like, Ooh, that's so sad. She wants to act. I'll tell you something. Nothing would ever make you want to like, not pursue your dream of acting like living in LA because when you live in LA you want to literally when people say oh what do you do I want to be like I'm in finance like I just want to say something that like no one there does because it's so fucking depressing to be like I'm pursuing right right like newborn baby acting like there was a boss baby um (laughs) there was a boss baby billboard in LA That in big letters just said ruthless and toothless. And I was like, that could also describe like one of the best blowjobs of all time. <laughs> I'm like, yo, that bitch was ruthless and toothless. Y'all know what I mean. And that's Anyways. $300 million film, but also well, they voice acting as a voice. I don't, oh, no, no that's where the money is. I know. How do yeah. I get into it, John? You'd be a great voice actor. Really? Yeah. You know, like. Like a, like a Rob Give me a Williams. line to read. You know, like you could at improvising. Nice you could just like I could get it that. out there. Give me, give me, um, give me like a character and a line to say, and I'll see if I can do. It. We'll end the podcast on this because literally we're like. Well, we nine need hours. like a catchphrase for you or something. Let's get you a catchphrase. Hey, muffin. Hey, muffin. And then what's the character like? What CGI character am I playing? The character. No, you're playing yourself. That's the idea. No, 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 here. no, no. no. I want to be in a Pixar film. Okay. I have an in at Pixar, and I won't say who, what, or where, but I know you, someone there. What have they not personified yet at Pixar? That's a wonderful question. Um, the internet has the internet like Ugh, a, that's not even a thing. Wow. That's like personifying. I just like, looked oh, around. I saw a computer. Um, I saw a computer. <laughs> I mean, like, you're going to play a breeze. I'm just like, I'm Wendy. I'm just thinking of different worlds we can bring to life. So I know what you mean. Um, Okay, well, they have Cars now, right? Cars 3 is out. Yeah. All right, you're a caterpillar. They have that. That's Bugs Life. Oh, yeah, that was a great movie. Mm. It was exactly like um, Three Amigos, if you really analyze the story. Never saw Bugs Life. It's, three Amigos is a classic. It's the same story. Side as note: three If Amigos. you really out there really want to die laughing, the second this podcast is over, go and watch YouTube clips of Jiminy Glick, because I have to tell you something. I agree with you. I, <laughs> you know, when I was like, oh, I don't like sob crying. I sobbed with with I like you know when you laugh so hard that the wires cross. Like, does that ever happen to you? It happens to me. It shows that like really that like I need to like take the wall down more often because sometimes I'll be laughing like screaming like clown laughter. And it's like, you can't breathe, you can't breathe. And all of a sudden, it's almost like, oh, shit, it's happening. And then I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like scary for people who are with me when that happens. Because I'll be like laughing, laughing. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, like terms of endearment last five minutes. Yeah. Like streaming. Yes. My dad. That's the only way I know how to cry. Actually, that happens with my dad. Does it? it? It's it's a great thing to witness. I think I've seen you in that mode before. You know what? It used to happen to me when I had a job that had to have me up at like seven a.m. and I would be tired and like cranky because I'd be in like a fucking shithole office all day long, and then I would feel it was almost like it would probably happen to me in jail. Like I think the other prisoners would be like, "Well, again, (laughs) like we're over it." Let me call. Let me call mom and yeah. we talk about housewives. I mean, she's like fucked up, but okay, she's lovely. She's never gonna pick up now. <laughs> what time is it? No. Hello. Hello. I am thinking of you. Why is that? I'm thinking of you every day. I don't know. I'm reading a book review in the New York Times. It has to do with democracy and politics and America versus. You know, the decline of democracy all over the world, you know, and I don't know, it just was very good read. So I almost thought maybe I'll just send you the article to read. Very good. All right, send it to me. This guy, um, 
It's a political book. It's, his name is Edward Luce, and it's called The Retreat of Western Liberalism. It's just a very interesting book. Uh, you know, book review. I have to say that I'm um, always impressed with your dedication to the New York Times. Well, it's my Bible. See? (laughs) 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 Um, Oh oh my God, I forgot that uh, it's Tuesday. Yeah. You know the movie, it's Tuesday, it must be Brussels. (laughs) (laughs) Why? What's today? Don't you have that um, podcast or whatever you call yes, it? Yes, you're on it. <laughs> oh, God, Michelle. <laughs> Why are you doing this to But, me? Mom, it's not live, so you can relax. We're, like, sitting in a room. I'm here with you, someone that actually you met years ago at um, my birthday party, I think. Yeah, and Who's she that? was on the show. Oh, yeah. Mom, my friend John Friedman, remember him? You met him at my birthday party. Um, I remember one time when you did stand-up comedy with me down in the... I, let's let's not remember it. <laughs> See, it's a scarring thing for us both. Not for no, me really or the works. audience. Not for the audience, John says. But John was the host of that show. He's here with me now. Oh, oh, hi. Hi, how are you? Thank you. Um. All right. Well, I mean, honestly, I really just called you for a good book recommendation. So you pretty much got that out <laughs> of the way. <laughs> it's a little serious, but it's interesting. All right. Uh, let me, well, might as well, uh, the name of the book is called uh, The Retreat of Western Liberalism. Yeah, you said it earlier, but I'm glad you gave <laughs> well, it another plug. It. Okay, good. Uh, Ma, quickly, because we're now, I think, hitting about three and a half hours with this episode. <laughs> um, what do you think of uh, Housewives last week? Uh, just remind me, see, you're calling me a week later, I'm an old woman, I'm I know. a grandmother. I'll be honest, I, bar- I barely remember. Well, because they're all kind of bleeding in with each other now. What does it mean? Like, I don't remember. Like, every week it's the same shit. Well, that's another one. You know, I seriously don't remember what happened last week. Really? Last week was Bethany. Little, uh... Bethany had her party with the ice luge. All right. That was very nice. I don't get those balloons with the cartoons on it. What was that? I don't know. It was very pretty. I mean, she has amazing taste. I wish I was invited. Mm. And uh, she's amazing. I'm a big Bethany fan. This girl can do no wrong in my book. And then there was Ramona. Ramona. And I'm glad that she didn't invite Ramona. It was perfect. Yeah, I agree. Um, By the way, Ma, I should just tell you that um, I saw this morning the first preview for the new season of Real Housewives of Orange County. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So um, Shannon Bedore... She, gained, I saw that she gained a lot of weight. I mean, whom among us hasn't? Are we really the people to point fingers? I'm asking. Yes, yes, you can. Why? Just because we gained weight, we cannot point at other fat people? Of course we can. <laughs> and that's what I do. My hobby. <laughs> I like, why should I be the only one that gained weight? I'm very happy when other people do the same. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She did gain some weight. You know, we love her yes, husband, I- Simon. Not Simon. Oh my God, I'm an idiot. What's his name? Simon was Tamara's ex. What's the husband's name? David. Oh shit. Uh, Now I'm losing it. Simon was like the Nazi. They were both, um, they're both salt and pepper though. That's why I got confused. But I want to ask you a question. Are they still married? I think they are still married. Oh. (laughs) My mother loves David. Oh, the guy's gorgeous, wealthy, intelligent, really, really nice. And they, she's not. (laughs) <laughs> she is not gorgeous, and nor is she that smart. Yeah, you know so who there. you know who they brought. And now she's fat on top of it. So okay. bye. It's <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> just so brutal. Hey, People are like, "Oh, what's your mom like? How were you raised?" I'm like, "Brutal." Oh, so listen, they um, no, it was a two second <laughs> clip, but they they showed um. Shannon got into a fight with Lydia. Remember Lydia, who was very, very skinny? She had, like, bulging eyes. I know exactly who you're talking about. A very young girl. Yes. She looks like 15 or so. I know who you're talking about. The one that has teeth like Mr. Eddie. Yeah, very Mr. Eddie. And she she got into a fight with Shannon about... Oh, my God, fuck. I wish that we could pull the clip up. Here we go. I feel like... You are really upset, and you're putting it on me. 
just upset you're mad and you're, I was upset. You're I was upset putting it when on you me. Said, I just met no. you and you're all of a sudden like screaming at me. No, I was upset when you said that I was just like Vicky. That's what set me off. This is Shannon. So, I'm sorry, I can barely hear okay. you. Okay, so I'm just saying. Okay. It's a fight because Lydia said that, hold on a minute. Lydia said that Shannon was exactly like Vicky and Shannon lost her shit over that, even though she didn't really mean anything by it. I have to say something. I'm a Vicky fan. I think the girl is a hardworking girl. She's very successful. She, as the years went by, she started to be better and better looking. I'm glad she got rid of that Southern boyfriend of hers. And you know me, I don't know, to be compared to Vicky, it's not such a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, why don't you finish on this big story you want to tell me, and then I'll call you later. Um, oh, we'll finish here? Okay. No, tell me the story. Oh, uh, Lenny sent Daddy Alexa. Oh, I have it. <laughs> oh, shit. She just heard my she heard me say Alexa, and she already answered. <laughs> she I, have to, I have to hide to talk. Wait, Michelle, see if you can I, set I off hate her. It. I told that I'm going to disconnect it and throw it out of the window. Wait, why do you <laughs> hate yesterday, it? First of all, he connected it in the kitchen. So every time we talk, this bitch is answering me back. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, how often are you saying Alexa? I don't know. I just now told you that he bought, uh, you know, what he got. And she already answers me back. It's like having some stranger in my house. And you know, she's Wait, always... This only, this only gets better. Wait. So yesterday, and I'm telling that he said, look, you can say, Alexa, I want to hear like uh, Israeli music. or I want to hear Tom Jones, you know, whatever. And, and it immediately comes, which that I kind of like. Or classical music or whatever. But anyway, yesterday... Daddy comes in the kitchen and he goes, you know, he's telling me something about his duty. <laughs> Go on. About his what? Wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Daddy came into the kitchen to tell you what? I mean, wait, I mean, wait, mom, what happened? Dad came in the kitchen and said something. Coming, he got something about the color of his duty. What the hell do I know? We had blueberries or something. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts talking to us. <laughs> so now I'm really, you know, I mean, I'm telling that it is connected to shit. You know, I hate it and blah, blah, blah. I said, it's like you have no privacy. Well, you know, she's always listening. And, and what if somebody else hears it too? I mean, who cares? But still. So I'm telling Dad, I'm, I'm texting Lenny, uh, you know, thank you so much for, you know, that this gift, like I told you, you know, take it back, blah, blah, blah. So he sends, and I'm telling him, I said, Daddy's talking about his duty and this bitch is talking back to us. <laughs> So now he sent me a small little clip from Saturday Night Live when they had a skit about Alexa. Yeah, it's very funny. To, you know, with the guy that does the big lunch, whatever. Yeah, 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 Keenan. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you something. We were dying. I had to watch it three times yesterday. It was that funny. Well, you know, I have an Alexa myself, and something, it's very annoying. Sometimes, also, if you're watching TV, um, like, if anyone says anything that sounds like Alexa, she's like, hmm, I can't find that. It's, like, very, really annoying, and it scares me, because it sounds like there's someone else in my apartment, you know? Well, of course. Um, but also... See, and, and I told Lenny, I said, uh, you know, I know it's whatever it costs. Uh, we don't need it. What do we need it for? I like to go on Google. I like, uh, you know, to read things on the Internet, which is better for older people than just, you know you know, saying something and somebody finds it for you. It's better to read than just, you know, to say, God, no, no, keep it and it's good and whatever. So I say that, you know what I use mine for? I use mine as a speaker. Like I, I connect my phone to it so I can listen to music through it. Um, I never, and I ask every morning I ask the weather. That's all I use her for. I don't know. And actually, if you're listening. You know, it's very funny because in that skit, mm-hmm. it's all about old people using Alexa and uh, that McKinnon girl is saying, uh, Alexa, what's the weather outside? And she goes, it's 74 degrees. And McKinnon goes, 
Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, mom. By the way, if if people are still listening to this and. Tweet me things that I can do with my Alexa because actually I don't really know. I don't use it to its potential. I also got it as a gift, by the way. And like I, all I do is weather and music. There have to be like good color things. of duty, duty colors. Yeah, my, did she Google no, Daddy's duty color? I do the crossword puzzle. If I uh, question something about Jeopardy, you know that I can ask her. But why do I need to ask her when I can just go on my? Wait, can I can I ask phone? one last question? Sure. Did she did she Google Daddy's duty color? No, she didn't. I mean, please, Michelle, we were literally crying, laughing. Yesterday. It was hilarious. <laughs> also, she is Daddy okay? I don't think having... That's how you can tell we're getting old, because only old people talk about their shit. That's not true. <laughs> that is it's actually... That's a myth. Oh, you talk about it, too? Everyone in this room, that's how I met these people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, love you. I'll call you later. Uh, Bye bye. See ya. Bye ma. See you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Uh, well, I think we should just end There's on that. A that great, really delivered. Daddy's duty color is a great phrase that I did not expect. Also, we'd be because hearing. the throwaway line that actually is the funniest line is she goes because he ate blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even hear that. Yes, part. she was great. like because he ate blueberries. <laughs> Oh, what a beautiful end to this episode. Uh, well, I have to say, John, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having Emma, me. Emma, our producer, thank you for being here. And uh, everyone listening, thank you. And um, we're going to be back here next week. It's By the way, it's a two-episode Bachelor. I had to cancel plans next Tuesday night right. because of this shit. So anyway, so we'll have some new episodes coming to you next week. Um, and that's it. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear this show every single day, go to www.patreon.com mishcall. M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things. Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.